As we approach the 10-year anniversary of the 9-11 attacks on the World Trade Center, what lessons have we learned about disaster recovery? Are we leaps and bounds ahead of where we were? And where can we make more improvements as we look out to the next 10 years? Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm here today with Kevin Sullivan, a former investigator with the New York State Police Department who got a first-hand look at the devastation and impact 9-11 had on a city as well as a nation. Kevin, you now work as an independent specialist who focuses on anti-money laundering measures banking institutions and others in the financial arena should embrace and practice. But before going out on your own, you spent about 20 years of your career in law enforcement, and you were working as an investigator with the New York State Police on September 11, 2001, when the World Trade Center was attacked. You have a unique perspective that's personal as well as subjective. You and I have spoken in the past about your experiences that day, but for those members of our audience who have not been privy to some of those discussions, could you tell us a bit about your experience on 9-11? Well, Tracy, I, I consider myself as, as being very, very lucky that morning. And it was just by the grace of God that I was in court testifying and not in the office, which was just a few blocks away from the World Trade Center, where I would have been on the scene trying to help out uh, just before the towers fell. You know, and I'll, I'll never forget the eerie quiet on the street, the hideous odor in the air, and the sight of ten stories of rubble all around me. And, and, and I, just, I distinctly remember thinking to myself, where are all the desks? Where's the office furniture, the, the copy machines, and, and, or any remnants of what was once there? However, all I could see was desks and I-beams and rebar and more and more dust. And it seemed that everything that once was was now pulverized. And every day at the site, I would get a knot in my stomach, uh, and I would feel terribly guilty as I realized that there are a lot of people who died and a lot of people who lost family and friends and loved ones, and yet I came away relatively unscathed, which in turn makes me feel quite uneasy talking about this. Yeah, I, I can understand that. And You and I have talked about some of the things that have changed since 9-11. From an incident response perspective, how prepared were we to respond to an attack like 9-11? Well, our, our prior state of incident readiness left a lot to be desired. Uh, we were not prepared to deal with our vulnerabilities. Uh, we have, we've always been a free society secured by oceans away from international terrorism, and when it came to our doorstep, it was quite the wake-up call. Uh, what was truly amazing is that for a brief period of time, right after 9-11, everyone seemed to function as one without regard to political motivation or selfishness. It's just too bad that that didn't last. And what lessons, Kevin, have the banking industry or banking institutions individually, governments, hospitals, etc., what lessons have they learned since 9-11? For law enforcement, we realized that we could uh, no longer purely be reactive. And instead, we created proactive units and special details, everything from intelligence centers to beefing up prison security and investing heavily in manpower for the expanding counterterrorism units. As far as the financial institutions, it was important to consider backup and redundancy from an IT perspective and the fattening up of physical security. And, of course, from an AML perspective, the financial world changed immediately. And, and most certainly with the creation of the Patriot Act, as we set a new course and developed methods to detect and deter money launderers and terrorist financiers. So we've talked a little bit about some of the things that have changed, but 
where have we made improvements in our response and recovery specifically? There's been a lot of various improvements, but I think the greatest improvement of all is in our awareness. We all now realize what can happen and may happen again, and if the terrorists have their way, they would make 9-11 look like small potatoes. So we need to continue our investment in anti-terrorism in all fields of endeavor and not be deterred by complacency. The problem is that we need to be right all the time, but they need only to be right once. Right. And when you take a step back and you think about some of the things that we've done and some of the things that we may need to do, what more needs to change? What more could we be doing? We need a system of vertical and horizontal communications that can be accessed and shared by all levels of government authority. You would have thought that after 9-11 we have had something like that, but then along came Hurricane Katrina and we realize that we still have some major issues in coordination and communication. Critical incident planning and preparation should be commonplace by all agencies, both government and private. And finally, practice. When a critical incident comes along, people will always revert back to what they learned and practice and how they were trained. And I know we make, made fun, I know I certainly did, made fun of all the fire drills in school and, and all the sky is falling naysayers. However, when it became real, the response became second nature. And in what industries do you see the greatest challenges? Where do you see those industries struggling the most when it comes to disaster recovery? I think everything needs to begin with a top-down approach. Critical incident response has to be brought into by the people at the top of each organization. And from a much larger perspective, from the heads of our government, They all must lead by example. Yeah, that's a good point, because I was going to ask specifically about some different industries, and of course government is one of them. But before I move into that line of questioning, I wanted to ask about the financial services perspective. There are so many different entities, as you've touched on earlier, such as transaction processors, networks, the banking institutions themselves. They all must maintain communication as well as the ability to function. And it's easy for infrastructural hiccups to occur during times of disaster. How has the financial services industry specifically changed the way it does business since the 9-11 attacks? Well, there's so many various financial institutions. I, I certainly can't speak for them all. And I often wonder, uh, how do the little guys manage to keep up? Because uh, it costs so much money to be involved in this stuff. And I know that's one of the, the continuing complaints from some of the little guys is that it, it's, it costs too much to buy software and to keep up with this stuff. Uh, but the big players have all developed uh, multiple redundancies to protect their information and constructed various physical locations in different areas of the country to protect against a disaster in one particular locale. And then further, most have developed some sort of strategic planning for a critical incident response. And then what about other sectors, such as government, healthcare, and telecommunications? Where have they made improvements that ensure not only communication, but also the ability to continue functioning and operating at acceptable levels? Well, I think, I think it's still a very big work in progress. And, and as an example, let's just look at the recent hurricane that hit the East Coast. Now, I have a friend in New Jersey who just got his power back the other day after uh, over a week of, of no power. And I know the phones are out. Mine were out for a while, and other people were out, and communications were limited. So you have to ask the question, how far have we really come in our emergency preparedness 
when a relatively small hurricane hits the East Coast and it, it shuts us down for a while. So I can't really say, but it, it certainly does not appear that we have, we have all the ducks in a row just yet. Right, that's a good point. Now, going back to talk about 9-11 specifically, would you say that we were caught off by 9-11, caught off guard, and do you see current vulnerabilities that could lead to us being caught off guard again? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we were absolutely we were caught off guard. Uh, we were far too complacent. And, and, yes, there are vulnerabilities that can be exploited. And, however, with all due respect, Tracy, I just refuse to be the guy that talks about a sensitive vulnerability that in turn turns and, and enables some idiot to go out and do or get the idea to do something stupid or some bad deed. So some of the stuff I'm going to keep to myself. <laughs> I hope you don't mind that. No, that's completely fine. And then finally, before we close, Kevin, what final thoughts would you like to leave our audience with generally as it relates to this anniversary of 9-11 as it approaches or disaster recovery generally? You know, I, I, I thought you might ask this question, so I kind of had to think about it for a second. And I, and I thought that the best response is actually not one from me. It's to quote someone who is much, much smarter than I am, and that's uh, Winston Churchill. And Churchill said, and, and let me quote this one for you, said, a, a, a man does what he must, in spite of personal consequences, in spite of obstacles, and dangers and pressures, and that is the basis of all human morality. And when good people in any country cease their vigilance and struggle, then evil men prevail. And I, I can't say anything better than that. Kevin, I want to thank you again for your time today. Well, thank you very much, Tracy. I appreciate it. Again, we've just heard from Kevin Sullivan former investigator with the New York State Police, who now serves as director of AMLTrainer.com, an AML Policy and Training Academy. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.